0: taken and left me in my
1: blazing on sunny afternoon. We are now recording and this is out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and as always this is Abe. Hi Aaron. How are you? Doing well. I've got morning voice, buddy. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's still technically winter, but it was like eight, it was like 70 I know. degrees, 75 degrees outside yesterday. I was with That's, my, that's right. It was a beautiful girlfriend, day. And I was wearing short sleeves for a change. It was nice. <laughs> Were you wearing shorts? I wasn't wearing shorts, but I was, you know, was showing off, showing off the, the guns, of course. Yeah, so I was okay. wearing short yeah.
0: sleeves. And put them away, man. You got to have a license
1: for those things. Lock and loaded. You know, that's what I said. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Uh, yesterday was also a really nice day, and uh, I, I your your winter comment was because I had a, a lunch yesterday with some buddies, and they still had a winter drink menu uh, on their on their menu, uh, and it was, I found that to be very charming and hilarious because in California sometimes uh, winter just doesn't feel like winter. Yeah, and uh, hopefully this morning voice thing goes away as we keep going. <laughs> okay.
1: People call their gut pythons too, right? Isn't that an arms thing? Pythons. Yeah,
0: that's a Hulk Hogan uh, thing. Twenty-six inch pythons. What a weird way to describe your
1: arms. I have two. I have two boa constrictors as arms.
0: You know, it's, it's pretty cool. It caught on in the 80s, right? I guess so. <laughs> like,
1: how would you describe how massive your muscles are? You know, like two giant snakes that wrap around and strangle you? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Now, I can see it now, actually. Put you to sleep. Yeah. In the wrestling parlance, that actually makes more sense. Than I exactly,
0: than yeah. Right. And I imagine, like, you know, a balding, mustached
1: blonde guy doing it. It's, it's <laughs> even worse. Well, this has been Holcox. Um, <laughs> what's this show about? Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies legally. However, every now and then we have to have special bonus episodes with one of our fun commentary tracks. or something completely different. That is a little different. We uh, we have movies to talk about, of course. Uh, of course. But we figured uh, instead of doing like a main review for one movie that we'll get to later, later on, we figured, uh, well it's it's great to see like you know during the Oscar season when movies expand and that especially applies to the international films which you know tend to come out later uh, than average on a kind of a, a wider screen basis mm-hmm. and uh, perfect days the vim vendors film is finally uh, spread wider and I, I'm happy Abe has finally got a chance to see it. so we're going to talk Indeed. about the the international film our uh, lineup in general but with a little emphasis on the on the vim vendors film this week and uh, yeah, we've been toying with maybe special episodes about each category yeah talk about a, the
0: production design category. Ooh. We'll have Terrence on. Editing.
1: I don't know why I do this voice for that. But <laughs> like... Yeah, that guy hasn't been around since like the 90s. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to do some uh, international film talk uh, for this week's episode. But uh, before all that, let's get some show notes. Uh, first up, commentary track. For the next several months, we'll be talking the Pirates of the Caribbean film franchise for our commentaries. Why? Because why not? Uh, why not? And we've uh, we've already talked about the first two. We talked about the Curse of the Black Pearl and Dead Man's Chest for this month. Next month we will obviously conclude the Gore Verbinski trilogy with at at uh, at World's End. Um, but yeah, uh, you can find those first two pirates commentary tracks and all our commentary tracks over on iTunes, uh, where you can also give us a review and a rating, which would be great. Help out the Thanks show. So much in
0: advance. Also, is that the one with Chalion fed or no?
1: At World's End is the one Chayanne
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. He uh, he has scary That's ball for, makeup. That-
0: <laughs> and all the other international pirates show up.
1: Yeah, it has the it's the International House of Pirates. Or exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or as I, I call I... it as I as I call it and nobody else does, I-Hop. Um <laughs> yeah. uh, I just Still came no up sponsor. With that by myself.
0: Yeah, no, I think I think you just found that made that by, by yourself. I think you should go to the patent office. I mm-hmm. should
1: definitely go and patent that one.
0: Yeah, get that get that squared away.
1: You know, we used to patent a lot of things on this show. <laughs> 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 I feel like we use the word patent a lot in the for early. I think podcast. people may <laughs> or may not know about a registered trademark of ours. Yeah. Uh, of course. Um, so yeah, what else? Oscars are coming up. We'll have an oh, Oscar whoa. preview and recap show uh oh, around whoa. that very weekend. So stay tuned for that. And um yeah, I think that's it for, for show notes. Mm-hmm. Let's uh let's get into it. Let's get to some about know cookies. Trademark. Yep. All right. Good. Yep. Abe, what did
0: yes. you see this week? Aaron, I want you to buckle up here. Okay. Buckled. I read the full spoiler synopsis for Night Swim. <laughs> so... And I remember I remember talking to you <laughs> and and you were like, oh my gosh, this is such a disappointing movie. And I was like, what well, is it at least fun? And you're like, no. Uh, and then I was like, yeah, but it seems like it's a pretty fun premise. And you're like, it seems like a fun premise, but there's something really dumb about it. <laughs> and then I was like, well, what could this be? And so I started reading. And I was like, oh, this must be the part where Aaron <laughs> was like, this is really dumb. <laughs> is where it gives health benefits because there's a curse from a pool that is dripping into it. I was like, this is a dumb premise because you could have really just kept going with a terrorizing pool <laughs> that actually seems more plausible. Like I was thinking about this in a pitch meeting, uh, which I've never pitched in Hollywood exec, Not but uh, if I were to say, if you were, if you're a John,
1: John, uh, John Warner brothers, and, uh, John Warner brothers. <laughs> yeah. That, it's, gotta All be of the, that.
0: it's a family name. Right? All of
1: that. Yeah. John, Timothy paramount pictures.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. It's actually Timothy, but yeah, it's fine uh so you're john wonder brother and i i've got a general meeting with you so is that like, hey. one word what brother it's like <laughs> Whataburger. <Warner> <laughs> <laughs> it's actually it's actually uh it, yeah it used to be a, a hyphen last name and then they were just like no no no, no let's take <laughs> yeah, it
1: somebody's out. last name was brother and they, they hyphened it with yeah. water <laughs> <laughs> it's,
0: it's like the Wright brothers they're just like they there's been a business so long it's like
1: the to Wright brothers <laughs> famously known as being known as r- last name right hyphen brother <laughs> that's what that's what they're called
0: <laughs> in any case <laughs> hey i've got a premise for, or i've got a great movie for you it's a horror movie um it's only gonna cost me like 12 million dollars um a family moves into a house their husband is is physically ill and there's a pool that they fix up and they get a lot happier and weird shit starts happening what's your thoughts are you asking me <laughs> yeah but you're supposed to say like uh oh it sounds good so far oh yeah 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 it sounds good so far and then there's an ancient Mayan curse on this pool. Um, oh, you say that again. Uh, there, there's an ancient Mayan curse on this pool. And that's how their husband is getting uh, all, all all, safe again. is because he had to ask the gods to take a, a blood sacrifice of his child. Well. <laughs> yes. We can,
1: we, how much money do you need for this? J- just like 12, 15 million dollars. Just one of those easy twelve, fifteen million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Jason right? Jason Blum can, can do this for us. Oh well, he just keeps things cheap.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's how the movie was made. So I read the synopsis. I was like, Aaron's right. I'm never gonna watch this movie. But if it if it hadn't had this particular clause in it, uh plot point in it, I I probably would have. So night swim. I- <laughs> So your quickie is that a movie you didn't watch but read about. That's correct, uh, yeah, yeah. Which, you know, I tend to do from time to time.
1: Uh, yeah, I wasn't very plussed with the, uh, with what's going on in Night Swim. Yeah. It's a mix of, for one thing, I don't necessarily need a reason as to why the pool is evil, but also, that's what we came up with, like a, a natural spring is cursed. <laughs> right. like, that's the reason. Like, for right. ancient years, like, why would you even feed this
0: into your pool? What's the purpose of the
1: chlorine? then? So... <laughs> what's the purpose of the <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds nice for you okay well um i've seen a few things this week and then we have one that we'll talk about but yep. um i watched uh sorry my lovely girlfriend and i watched uh, ordinary angels uh this week uh featuring uh two-time academy award winner and annette benning's greatest enemy hillary swank <laughs> and uh, alan Richon <laughs> of uh reacher hopefully. yes yeah um it's based on a true story. It's uh, about a woman who's an alcoholic uh, who's trying to set her life straight, and she comes across this family where there's a widower who has a daughter who needs a liver transplant, and she decides I'm going to help this family out, and she starts fundraising for them and all that. Um, I will say now this is in like the the faith based class to film, yes. but I will say the movie is quite good, and it's because it really emphasizes the story and characters uh, quite well. I okay. think it, it works as being basically like a drama that doesn't need to like cater to the Oscar crowd. It's just like a drama because it's a drama, yeah. uh, which I don't think we get, you know, for, you know, in the mid-budget realm of things. We don't really get those, like not without being no. films that are designed to play towards, you know, the end of the year. So just seeing like a straight up drama with people that are, you know, good at acting mm-hmm. is nice. Like it's just it's a it's a well-acted movie. I think the story keeps itself set pretty straight. As far as like what it's trying to do, it's not overly angled in any direction beyond just wanting to tell this story, and uh, like I'm not surprised that Hillary Swang is good in this; she has two Oscars. But Alan Richardson, it's not that I'm surprised, but it's like I see him as a guy with you know two big pythons callback um, <laughs> beating people up in Reacher. So watch. <laughs> I I tried to hold that as long as I could. <laughs> it's, it's a good callback <laughs> um, but watching him here just being like sad dad he's great he's really good like it makes me excited to see him in war things uh but between the villainary was sporting in fast x and being sad dad in this movie i'm like yeah this guy works. that he was in fast x of course <laughs> yeah shows up for like a spell as the villain that you find yeah. out later on, spoilers, professor. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. it's not because if you look at his hair, it's like, of course he's a villain. No, no good guy wears his hair that way. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, he's quite good in it. I was, I was, I was happy to see just like you know two actors being good at a movie. Sure. And it's and it's like shared pretty well. Like I, you know, it it it's based on a, this true story thing, and it's like eh, I it could have either easily been like the swank show for a whole thing or mm-hmm. whatnot. But no, it's like it's like you get equal time with both actors. It's well done. You know, in the realm of these kind of movies, I think it's a pretty good one. Okay. so There you go. There you uh, go. I, I watched Red Right Hand, um, not based on the song that is featured in all the screen movies, but in fact, a um Appalachian thriller uh, starring Orlando Bloom uh, as a uh, kind of a, a, a criminal who's trying to clean himself up for his family. He's trying to uh-huh. like, be on the straight and narrow. And like Garrett Dillahunt's like plays like a, a friend Garrett of Garrett Dillahunt? You know okay. it. All yeah. six feet four of them. That's a guess, but I think I'm pretty close. <laughs> um <laughs> we can look that up while talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll look that up. Um six one, it's close. Uh, um no. <laughs> he's shorter. I, I thought he'd be taller. It's because he's skinny. Yeah. That's why. Uh but he's like, I'm trying to get on the straight and narrow for like his kid and stuff like that, but he's being pulled back into crime. Uh, and has to do some jobs, which is like running drugs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't want to, but he has to, uh, because there's a mob boss who's kind of forcing him to do this. Who plays that mob boss, you might ask? That's right, Andy McDowell. Um, L'Oreal's <laughs> Andy McDowell? L'Oreal's? <laughs> or or <laughs> Green Name, Card's Andy McDowell. Uh,
0: incredible makeup uh, model, Andy McDowell?
1: Uh, um, mother of the of the actress in the other movie we're gonna talk about, we're gonna uh, talk about that too. yes <laughs> um but i will say she makes for a good villain in this like she does for one thing she does her own dirty work my favorite kind of villain yeah. where instead of just being like I have henchmen I'm gonna order them to do everything she's like Okay, I do have henchmen, and they are doing a lot for me. But I'm gonna get my hands dirty as well. I'm gonna slit some guy's throat or pop oh, off geez. some rounds or whatnot. Like she's yeah. pretty brutal in this. Yeah, uh, this movie is like pretty fine. Like I enjoyed. <laughs> You're gonna say something else, but no, yeah. it's it's fine. It, it does the job. Yeah. Like I, I, as far as like a kind of a a, a a lower budget, it's not like a low budget, but it's like a lower mm-hmm. budget like thriller. I think it moves it has this kind of 70s style to it where it moves along without too much happening beyond a lot of ominous threats and then like the third act is like all like all the guns come out and everybody's shooting at each other yeah um, and it does it does it well though i think like, but the by having like orlando bloom putting on a appalachian accent uh-huh. and everybody else gets to be their natural self uh like that doesn't I, make any sense but okay <laughs> well they're all gary dillahut and, and mcdowell are from the south <laughs> oh, okay, so they, they, they also have, have accents. They okay. have accents, yeah. Yeah, okay, got it. But, like, no, yeah, I'm just saying, like, they it does the job, like, it's yeah. for what it's going for. It's not as good as like Land of Bad from last week that I really like. Yeah, um, you talked about it. that's still in theaters. That's still in theaters and it should be seen. Uh, but, um, no, I, I for a movie that's like in VOD right now, I was like, oh, that was pretty good. I,
0: now, is it called
1: Red Right Hand because
0: he's like an excellent. Uh, his right hand just like has a bunch of guns in it. it yeah, it's
1: anime inspired. He he, it's like one uh-huh. punch except guns. That's oh, not okay. He's yeah. um, <laughs> hilarious except when he's fighting. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I know it's more symbolic. Is what it's going for. <laughs> got it. No, got it's, it. it's it's it was it was better than I expected. Yeah, we, like oh, Orlando Bloom is going to do like gruff guy now. Like oh no, he does pretty good gruff guy. So good for that. I like working of these like character roles. He's been to. Yeah, he, he
0: changed a lot when since he's become a dad. I don't know, you should look at this, should have seen the look on my face.
1: It's like I don't know what that means. Um, I also watched Four Daughters. This is okay. one of the films up for best documentary, um, and one of five films that are all actually foreign language films, technically, which mm-hmm. is interesting for a documentary category. Um, this is, uh, the, the, the idea here is there's these Tunisian women. Like there's, there's a mother and four daughters. Two of the daughters have like disappeared. Yeah. Um, for reasons. And the idea of this doc is to kind of shed light on what their life has been. And so what the direct, what the filmmaker's done is they, have this is wild. They've, because the two daughters are, the two of the daughters are gone. They've hired actresses to (laughs) to like play in and dramatize aspects of what happened with their family life uh-huh. and at the same time they have the mother but they've hired like this um this this famous actress from from that area to play the mother as well oh so, so you have like a mix of talking heads and people going over like what their life was like as well as this like dramatization aspect that's re-reacting or uh, re reenacting yeah. aspects of these life as well which includes some dark stuff involving like their father or uh-huh ways their mother has behaved in regards to their daughters for dressing certain ways or doing certain activities that you know sure. they're frowned upon and it's uh it's it's like a dramatic version of of Nathan Fielder's The Rehearsal uh, <laughs> where like where that show obviously is like it's trippy and comedic but like it involves like hiring people to play other people it's very in it is yeah. it's like in a, a redundant loop of itself this is similar to that, except it's, you know, it's obviously taken seriously, done for a certain purpose that's not comedic, and it's very good. Like, I I, I haven't seen all the documentary films yet, but it's like, this is a, this is a pretty ambitious documentary. I was really okay. into, like, what it was going for, um, so I, I'd certainly recommend it. It's Where'd actually, you take that one out? It's on Canopy right now. Canopy, okay. Um, I, It might be in other places too, but it's on Canopy for sure, which is, you know, a free library streaming service, so it's, you know, by default, easy to, to watch that way. Um, but yeah, certainly worth checking out. I I, I could I see why it's nominated. It's very good. Okay. So yeah, that's the, those are the main quickies that I have. Trad- than, you know, the other ones trademark exactly. So Abe, there's another movie that came out this week that we wanted to talk about. That we there is. It was going to be our main review, but we also figured, for reasons we figured we'll we'll pivot this way for yeah. other stuff. But regardless, it would be an extended quickies. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Regardless, driveaway dolls. Uh, this is the new film from a Coen brother. That's e. correct. Yep, uh, from him and his wife, Trisha Cook, who, uncredited director, similar to how Joel and Ethan worked for many years. Uh, mm-hmm. But basically, she was involved every step of the way with him. They co-wrote it together, they produced it together, they edited it together. So yeah, you should stay for the credits. It's basically a, a Cohen, <laughs> A co-in... Um, husband and wife, <laughs> uh, yeah, husband <laughs> wife uh, duo. Yeah. Uh, the film follows uh, Margaret Qualley's Jamie and Geraldine this Nathan, uh, Marianne, uh, as a uh, two for two lesbian friends who basically decide to go on a road trip. Um, <laughs> why did they even go on the road to this for, like, because they, for- they just need an, a
0: fresh start. They just want to one get, one get out of town, a fresh right? Start, and one of them is like, I've got to go talk to my aunt to go figure out my life.
1: Yeah. So they go on a road trip and inadvertently they pick up a car with a package in it that was meant for others. And that brings mobsters onto their tail. And various antics ensue from <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, uh-huh. Abe, I wanna know, what'd you think of Driveway Dolls?
0: You know, <clears throat> I was watching this movie and I kept thinking to myself, I see half of a good movie. Okay. <laughs> and it's not in a diss to Ethan Cohen here. It's more that, hey, what are the Cohen brothers getting back together? Because I think together they make incredible movies. Um, I, I think Joel has also made his own uh, with the Gen- Denzel Washington movie. Macbeth yes thank you Macbeth. Um, and hey that was uh, pretty good. So they certainly have different styles different tastes and and they when they kind of come together I was saying, it actually really works out. Dry dolls is fine I think like there's uh I think the the script is good, but I think that there's maybe I can't I couldn't tell if the script lacked the snap or if, you know, they, the actors that were giving the dialogue were kind of, like, lacking some of like the the t- particular beats of, like, a Coen Brothers, fast-paced type of movie. To some degree, it also felt like a Farrelly Brothers movie, and, like, I'm not talking about, like, some of the good ones. I'm talking about like some of, like, the older, or some of the newer ones, where it's also, like, um, they're kind of trying to write it tongue-in-cheek, but sometimes it doesn't work out. On the whole, I think it's it's... Uh, A fine enough movie. I actually really like that. Perhaps it actually was based on a real person, based off of the uh, the credits up there at the end. Um, But um, I think Margaret Qualley is really good in it, and I also think that uh, Beanie Feldstein Feldstein is is uh, fun in it too. Like I like Geraldine. She's in the show that we like on TBS Miracle uh, Workers. Miracle Workers, and she's been there for like four seasons. She's also a character actor in a few other things. um, But her square type character that she's playing. I don't know if that really I, I I like that it's plain Jane type of style stuff, but at the same time, um some of the dialogue just doesn't come off as as uh as super quick. So like it's okay. Like I, I don't know if it was a, a laugh for a minute type thing. Um and it's it's uh it's kind of like raunchy to some degree, but um when they were speaking, it kind of just was I was thinking back to like a lot of like raising Arizona. Uh, and how kind of slapsticky that 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 dialogue is, but that dialogue also works a lot because of maybe the people that were giving it. Uh, so yeah, it's it's fine. I'm happy to go more into details uh, as we discuss this uh, and dissect it.
1: I think you're hitting at what the problem I have with it is because I think the movie's fine also, but I do think it feels like yes, you could compare it to Raising Arizona, but it would be unfavorably because mm-hmm. that movie has all the ingredients for why that sort of zaniness works where this one feels like it comes up lacking. And I didn't necessarily have a problem with Geraldine and Christian Nathan. Yeah. I, I think she works fine as a counterbalance to Margaret Qualley Cause sure. she's so loud. <laughs> <This movie. laughs> um, but, yeah. but I, but I, I never found myself really enjoying Beanie Feldstein for whatever reason, who I think mm-hmm. is fine and other things, but like here, I don't something about her as like being both the kind of character she usually plays as well as being a cop. <laughs> like it just didn't it just didn't work for me. Like it just felt yeah. like I don't know if this adds up. Uh, similarly, not that they're bad, but you have Joey Slotnick and yeah. C.J. Wilson as like these two inept hitmen, essentially. Yes. Yeah. And right on the show, Brandon Peters pointed this out, and I had the same kind of feeling. He's like, "We're like Paul Giamatti and Shea Wiggum not available," and I'm like, "Hilarious." Yeah. And I'm like, "Well, yeah, this is like the discount version of that," and it <laughs> and it feels like that throughout the movie. I'm not saying that like Coleman Domingo is bad in this, but it just feels like this feels like a roundup of people that you got because you couldn't get other people that you maybe wanted that would be more ideal for some of these parts. Sure. Uh, Now that's not to say like the small roles from like Pedro Pascal and Matt Damon not spoilers because they're on the poster. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not that like they don't work; they do. I think for the small parts there, but it's just like this feels like lesser Cohen and which is yeah. a shame because I'm a huge Cohen Brothers fan right? I I absolutely enjoy the Coens I like all their work and I, I said this movie it's there's too much Cohen in this for me to not like it because it has mm-hmm. its bits but it does feel like there's a big joke at the end involving a newspaper and it feels like that's where this movie stemmed from in certain ways like yeah. how do we get to this moment how do we build up enough stuff to get to this reveal yeah and because of that, it's like, well, yeah, it's pretty for like an 80 ish minute movie. It still feels pretty thin. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't have to be, you know, life changing or anything. It doesn't need to be no country for old men. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like you are saying, it's very slapstick without it, like constantly making me want to like slap my knee with laughter. So,
0: yeah, there's also, uh, when you're talking about Joey Slotnick and CJ Wilson, oh. uh, characters that I'm sure you would recognize if you saw them on the screen. Um, it also feels like with the entire, you know, the team here. Uh-huh. Hey, um, you guys, we're all in the same lot. Do you guys have like twenty minutes to go film something? You know, it has As that like, feeling sometimes. Like, yeah, and I mean. and that is, is, it can be fun because it's like here, here's yeah, um, Pedro Pascal for a spell, or here's Matt Damon for a spell, kind of thing. But, um, I think because we've we've probably both seen a lot of Coen Brothers movies. Well, they don't have many, so we've probably seen all the Coen Brothers movies. Um, This is uh, this is
1: twenty, actually. Like when I I looked at it, wow, okay, yeah, Yeah, it's quite a lot. Yeah, they've been around since eighty four. Yeah, true. Yeah,
0: thirty years worth of movies. Yeah, um, but you certainly can feel beats from other movies in here too, like Joey Sliding and C. G. Wilson are two in a pitman. Well, well you see that in Fargo and you kind of know what happens there in Fargo. Yeah, to it, the, two People you
1: have a lot of idiots in this movie, which is, yeah, comedy, yeah.
0: for sure. Exactly. And so it, it didn't, it's not as though, I don't think they were trying to like, or I don't think, um, uh, Joel, Ethan was trying to surprise anybody by what happens in the outcome or in the climax of this movie. But, you know, um, I think there's like a lack of, a lack of pizzazz sometimes like, you know, so, uh, the other movies I thought about were when watching this one was, um, uh, shoot, what was the movie? Uh, nice guys for sure, but then okay. there's also the um,
1: uh, okay, names of people, name of premise. Give me yeah,
0: exactly. It's Los Angeles. Um, uh, he's a private investigator. He's on drugs, played by uh, Inherent Vice. Yes, thank you. Yeah, Inherent Vice, uh, starring a guy Joaquin Phoenix, and. That is um another movie where it's kind of slapsticky, kind of goes all over the place, and strange premise, you know, strange visuals, but it also has like a snap to it. Um, and
1: this would be this very one, directed, like there's like you know, like a lot of like transition scenes and like very a lot of, a lot of aggressive like hard edits too, though. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Uh, and the hard edits kind of threw me out because I was like, this doesn't feel like a Coen brothers movie at times. But again, those are Coen brothers movies versus individuals, so. I, I certainly had, I, I certainly saw like the the pieces, the seams in this movie, and sometimes that doesn't really make for a good viewing experience. Um, and again, it just keeps going like this, and for for what I thought kind of felt like longer than its runtime, actually. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, uh,
1: unfortunate, but you know, again, good performances. I will say two yes. things to that performance, Mark. Bill Camp, who comes in here as a character named curly he was great i think he was excellent uh he he hits in the i talk about this a lot but the battleship pretension friends of the show they have an award called the bruce mcgill award for best scene under 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 15 minutes in a movie uh in their awards uh bill camp easily qualifies for that award for me he, he comes in here has a character named curly um has a little pattern that feels very coney and um i was entirely on board for it where do you want to go tallahassee Tallahassee. What's wrong
0: with Tallahassee? It's very nice. There's Spanish moss and I think live oak. Curly here.
1: Don't call me Curly.
0: And your name, Curly?
1: My name is Curly. We just met. It's too familiar. Have you ever been to Tallahassee? No, I got good sense. Your car is a Dodge Aries. Oh, okay. Is that a good car? Not really. You sell those shirts? it's, it's just the perfect amount of what that character is, where it's very dry and just reacting to the other it's very funny.
0: Yeah. Um very cohen brothers character. very much. It felt
1: that felt like the most Coen-y aspect is everything Bill Camp's doing in his movie yeah. for me. Um the other thing, um I mentioned we mentioned that uh Ethan and and uh, Trisha Cook, his wife, um this is their movie. I I read I read up on this. Uh Trisha Cook is gay. Um huh? they have a a unique um, partnership between them because they have children together, they have a family, Mm -hmm. but they also have their own things going on. Um, As far as this movie goes in relation to it being progressive in its own way, as far as dealing with a lot of dive bars that the characters go to or what have you, Mm -hmm. it's certainly like, there's something about it as far as it's a movie about these characters and it's not about like a relationship drama between them or like one of them's going to die sadly or something that like pivots in the way that like, Oscar-play type films have to when they, you know, make films that represent LGBTY, mm-hmm. LGBT, plus. Why I say why? I I don't know. <laughs> um characters. They instead it's just it's just a romp with characters that happen to be, you know, right. So it's like there's something there that I could appreciate as far as it not like trying to have an angle on something. It's just more presenting something because hey, that's the thing that they want. Yeah, to- it,
0: it yeah, exactly. Like it is what it is and there's no real backstory that's given by any of the characters. They're all lesbians, um, and um, it. The great news is that uh, there's like a lot of like uh, self uh, self referential jokes about it too. Like the way that Margaret Qualley pl- pays for everything. It's like, you know, I hope that you feel good about giving your money to uh, these these organizations that are very pro uh, proactive in these on these fronts. And the guy's like, well, you know, that's not really. And it's like, you know, he he cares. So it's it's very um funny and and again just stated uh, for you as the movie goes.
1: It's a matter, of, yeah, and uh, because I you know watching it the first time where I was like Ethan Cohen's really digging deep on this specific kind of material. You've so seen like, it twice. No, no, I mean oh. th- just watching it at first without okay. without having like additional context for it. Yeah, I was just curious, like. This is this is very specific for Ethan Cohen. I was like, oh, okay. Now that I like read up on it and like what's going on, I was like, okay, this this makes a lot more sense as far as why and there's even like by the very end, there's a there is another title for this movie that there is very is. much what they would have wanted to call it, but you just can't get away with calling movies certain things um, that right. replaces the dolls with another D word. And it's like, okay, like I Dimes if I didn't know that it was like if I if I only thought it was just Ethan Cohen doing this, like, this is <laughs> he's really testing some waters here, but right, now it's like, yeah. okay, it makes a lot more sense given the context involved in it. So like, there, yeah, there's something there. Ultimately though. Yeah. I I think we both agree. It's still like, it's fine without being like anything revolutionary.
0: Yeah. I I think so too. And, um, what do we call it? Um, I think
1: that, uh, they are getting it. The brothers are getting it together. Yeah. Yeah. Ethan's making one more movie and then they're going to make apparently a horror movie together, but it's Cohen. So horror movies can mean a lot of things to them. So yeah. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> Because, um, like Barton Fink, some people call a horror movie. I mean, it takes place in a hotel, yes. And it's (laughs) It's kind of spooky. Steve Buscemi's entrance is rising from the bottom of it. (laughs) It's like,
0: have you seen the poster from Barton Fink? Yes, this is John Chatura with a mosquito on his forehead.
1: Mm -hmm. It's very Kafka, uh, yeah, but yeah, anyway, they, they are getting back together, yes. Okay there's no ill will they're just like yeah we want to do some other things (laughs) yeah exactly
0: They just kind of like want to take some time away and do some projects
1: okay so yeah drive-away dolls seems like we're both like yeah whatever but like it's a focus film so it'll probably be on like peacock in a month okay there you go i'd say that's probably the ideal way uh, to check it out that's i mean it is like an original film with actors and filmmakers that you know People could see in a theater and it would be good for theaters. uh, Yeah. And and getting more of these kinds of movies made. Um, I just wish it was better. So,
0: yeah, that's kind of where I land too. But um, if you want to go check it out and support it, great. Uh, But if you want to hang back and watch it at, at
1: uh, home uh, that's fine too it's not an unpleasant time so that that helps right you know? yeah. <laughs> it's not, yeah it's not like it's like a downer drama and it's like and it's bad no like, <laughs> it's it, like it's it, a, it is, it's it is funny
0: at beats and it's a little bit offbeat with its humor. but at the same time um another movie i thought of was bottoms uh watching this movie too i uh, yeah it, i did
1: for yeah for i think obvious reasons but yes I did too. yeah
0: but um which is both on prime well, now
1: by the way also wow
0: yeah. wow Easy prime's works. got some good stuff going on yeah so yeah, you'll check out uh, this and, and Bottoms uh good to feature.
1: Yeah, I would say so. All right, well that was a little extended on cookies. Good mark. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's get to uh, kind of the main topic of the week here: the Oscar nominated international films. Uh, so we have five films as usual uh, here, and we'll we'll get to the the major one in a second. But just to recap, we have the Zone of Interest from the UK um, from director Jonathan mm-hmm. Glazer. Abe, you've seen The Zone of Interest now. I
0: have, Avengers. yes, yeah.
1: Any brief uh, sum- summation of what you think of that movie? Uh, it is
0: quite uh, uh, it's quite an interesting angle of a story. Uh, obviously, it's about the... I don't know about obviously, but it's about the uh, Auschwitz uh, camp uh, in Nazi Germany time, uh, and it's about a family of Germans, uh, that is, their father is a German officer who lives right next door to it, And they just go on living their regular lives because he's got a wife and at least three kids Uh uh, with a bunch of uh, house servants and a bunch of friends coming in and out. uh, And it's basically just their life next to this terrible, atrocious place. uh, And just kind of seeing how these people, A, are totally okay with it because they're in a quote-unquote superior position. B, they just kind of love being here uh, because of the location. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of work that that Sarah, uh, Sarah, uh, I forget her last name. Um, The wife has put a lot of work into the backyard. Um, But, you know, uh, throughout the whole movie, I think the really cool premise that you and I have talked about, too, and it's been nominated for is sound design is just you just hear constant. Faded gunshots, you know, faded yells, screams, etc. But um, the, I think what I was talking to you about kind of off mic is that this is a really good example of uh, this and Black Klansmen are good examples of how it's not just men that are complicit in these actions. There's also women here at play, too, Uh and it's very fascinating to see while his wife isn't, You know, committing any of these, uh, she she's not like pulling the lever kind of thing. She's so ingrained with the way that their life is right now, and kind of more than just ambivalence. It's it's, yeah, it's certainly she certainly has like a position um, that she likes, both from a political standpoint and also just from a um, uh, uh, a human being, like you know, nature type of standpoint. And it's very strange, but it's it's quite like disturbing on that front. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an interesting movie. I, I think that there's actually even, a, a third act reveal, uh, not about reveal, but a third act movie trick,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, that is very powerful. Um, so it has been coming on strong too, in terms of its record or in terms of its nominations and it's, it's, um, it's, I guess, exposure to the cultural zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, I, I certainly think that it's a movie that I think if you, if you're curious about it, check it out. But also, uh, if you, I guess, I don't know if it's one that you necessarily need to like rush out and see, uh, is kind of where I said with it.
1: It's, cause I agree. And like, you can hear more of my thoughts on a podcast I recorded with Peter Paris a, a month right. ago now at this point, but cause, and thank you for your thoughts on that because I, I want to yeah, yeah. hear more of what you had to say about the phone itself. Uh, and Sandra Holler and Christian Fudel they play the, the yes, husband and wife, Sandra. Yeah, uh, like rushing out, like I hear what you're saying, as far as like, yes, it's not the most like, oh my god, I can't wait, gotta get it, get the family, bring them all to the theater too. <laughs> but <laughs> at the same time, because of how unique the filmmaking circumstances are, just the idea of being in an enclosed space where you're not at all distracted by phones or anything else that does help this movie. That, that, yeah. that is it. There is an ideal way to watch this, which is in complete silence, <laughs> um, you know, to, so you can hear all the laughs around you. Uh, but no, but seriously, <laughs> because the sound design is so key to that film, right? And just like being in the headspace that Jonathan Glazer is going for, as far as atmosphere, I think that's mm-hmm. such a big part of it. Where sure, it's not one that you need to necessarily, you know, make an appointment to see it in the theaters. Because yeah, I get that you're not going to see every movie in theater. But at the same time, if you're not going to see it in the theater, I certainly hope that it's seen in a way where you can, it, you know, focus entirely on the film at hand, right. And nothing yeah. else around you. If nothing, if for nothing else but the sound design, which yes is excellent, and if yeah, if, if Oppenheimer doesn't sweep in a couple of weeks, which it looks like it's very much going to do, I'd be very happy to see this win a sound design Oscar. That's a really That'd good be pretty movie. fascinating. Yeah.
0: yeah. Sorry, I just want to add on Jonathan Glazer experimental in his film sometimes too, and he continues mm-hmm. here as well. So it it be, it does become quite literally like an art house film um because of what he's doing with some of the the uh musical cues that he's choosing to have in there and also what you're visually seeing on the screen both from a thermal camera but also just a lot of like red um mm-hmm. and that comes up as like a theme throughout the movie.
1: I'm glad we were talking about pythons earlier and now we're talking about the very delicate balance that Glaze is trying to strike and reaching a filmmaking audience and everything. exactly yeah.
0: <laughs> This, this podcast <laughs> ranges all genres, maybe
1: All stars and stripes over here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so Zone of Interest, that's currently in theaters. I, yeah. Um, the next film we have is Society of the Snow. It's from uh-huh. Spain. It's on Netflix currently. It's from director J.A. Bayona of The Impossible and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom fame. Both of those things. Yeah. Um, just disasters all over the place. Um, society is, no, no different. It's uh, about the 1972 Uruguayan flight crash in the mm-hmm. the Andes mountains, um, where the survivors, which is a rugby team mostly, um, they have to uh, survive, um, which yeah. takes a lot of different uh, forms, which includes, yes, having to find a way to, you know, sustain themselves through through food, which you know they have to take the dead and eat them. That said. Yeah. The movie not about that. Like it's not an emphasis no. on that. It's like yes, that's a tragedy. Sorry, just to
0: interject. Also, you would have seen that movie too with another title called Alive. Yeah, there's the yeah. film Alive. They have made that movie. Yeah,
1: with um, an all white cast to represent. Yes, correct. This uh, <laughs> one is it's all non actors. Um, uh, all you know, non actors playing these characters. Um, and it the focus is on the survival and like what what it you know what what lengths they had to go as far as what they're dealing with with as the weather. Uh, How they eventually, because we know about all this, how they eventually went on to find a way to survive and find help and everything. And it's it's a really good, I talked about this before, but it's a really, really good movie. I was really impressed with what Bayona pulls off here because the effects themselves just to create this crash are harrowing, let alone seeing the way it's, the the crash is just like the beginning where there's all these like, there's like an avalanche that takes place at one point that's pretty crazy. There's like all this stuff going on. It's really well filmed, really well made. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a whole there's like a good 20 30 minute like making of doc on netflix also that you can watch about the making of the movie wow okay. also impressive like i i'm surprised the movie doesn't have more technical noms it has a few but uh it's it's very good and very well made mm-hmm. um, i didn't
0: know that it was a bunch of uh, non-actors that, that did yeah it, yeah you which found is a, more incredible
1: there's like one or two that maybe have a few credits but like yeah it's it's very much a largely non-actor Mm -hmm. Cast. Um, A lot of people that are like, hey, you want to go on a trip over to the Andes and film this this horrible uh, adventure film? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. You know, like a Capri Sun and a Lemon Wedge. (laughs)
0: Uh, (laughs) If it's Pacific Cooler, I'm I'm in.
1: Or Wild Jerry. Wild Jerry. (laughs) You know, Pacific Um, Cooler. No artificial coloring. Yeah, that's on Netflix now. Easy to watch or easy to put on, at least. Yeah, Um, Yeah. yeah.
0: totally known why you can see why it got nominated. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh
1: the next moment is the Teacher's Lounge from Germany from yes. Ilker Katak. Um, this is uh, the premise here I read. Teacher Carla Nowak decides to get involved when one of her students suspected of theft, caught between her ideals and the school system, the consequences of her actions threaten to break her. Um, uh, this movie is very good. <laughs> <laughs> it's very intense in the right kind of ways for me, as far as there are characters that are saying or making certain decisions where, from hindsight and from like my third person perspective, I'm like, if you just said this thing differently or if you just thought about this this different way, sure, there would not be a problem, but there is. And so now I'm tense, like watching things play out the way they do. Um, but a, a really solid, like, contained thriller within a school thriller, as in the circumstances and how people are addressing each other, not in terms of like actual actions taking place. It's not, you mm-hmm. know, there's no like. There's no horrible like oh what's gonna happen next in terms of violence kind of way. that's not a thing. It's just more about the the way character interactions play out and how it affects everyone around them. Yeah, um, certainly. I know that's spread that's spread into more theaters now because it's Oscar seasons. That's how it works. So right. like if you can find that in a the theater, um, it's less oppressive uh, than the zone of interest, <laughs> but also frustrating <laughs> because you're like I just want these people to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like are are they seeing what I'm seeing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't say it that way. <laughs> That's not going to help. <laughs> um, let's see. The next film is Io Capitano. This is yes. From Italy. It's from director Matteo Garone, who directed Gamora a long time ago, a film I really like. Um, this is a, it's an Italian filmmaker, but he's made a film focused in Senegal. Um So okay. he's, he's pulled off a wind Vendors here. <laughs> being a yes. Director from yeah. somewhere else, going to a different country to make the movie. Coming up soon. Yep. Uh, this uh, film is about um Two Senegalese teenagers who embark on a journey from West Africa to Italy. However, between their dreams and reality lies a labyrinth of checkpoints, the Sahara Desert, and vast waters of the Mediterranean. Uh, I talked about this movie a couple weeks ago. Um, this would have been on my top ten if I had seen it um, earlier on. Wow. Okay. I think, this, I think this movie is fantastic. It's really well made. It's very. It's it's weird when you say authentic. It's like it's not like I've you know traveled through the Sahara Desert or whatnot to get through these various things. But there's like a there's there's something about it that feels very grounded, yet at the same time, it incorporates aspects of magical realism. Now, that's more in the form of what one of the characters is kind of, like, seeing in their mind at various points, as opposed to, like, they're getting help from a genie. Like, it's not that. <laughs> but, like, there there's there's visual depictions of fantastical realism that I, I thought was interesting in the midst of a fairly, fairly gritty uh, film that plays, like, a modern update of the Odyssey. Um There's so much visual splendor here as far as watching them go through various parts of Africa um, Northern Africa um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of trial and tribulation as far as the intensity of what these characters go through there's a torture sequence that's pretty rough Oof. there's yeah. a there's the whole like there's, you know, there's a part where they're on the water and if you've seen any number of documentaries about like Syrian refugees on the water or whatnot. Those things do not look easy nor are they and this movie mm-hmm. very much uh, does not shy away from that either so there there's a lot going on that's certainly dramatic but it's like weirdly encouraging to watch cuz you're like you're seeing the the drive of at least one of these characters constantly pushing to be like we just have to get to Italy we're almost there like and that's it ultimately comes like rewarding in its own way and it doesn't like cast any sort of it's very matter of fact about how it presents things. Like it's not trying to point at anything politically speaking. You can make your own assertions, and I'm sure the director has yeah. their own. But like it still like takes a fairly, it, it takes a fairly removed stance and just wants to show things how they are in a sense. And I, mm-hmm. I think it it really works because of that approach. I think so. No, I I think it was pretty fantastic. Okay. Yeah, so and that's just now gotten to theaters. So it's a. Uh, if nothing else just the visuals alone i think make it a very worthy watch
0: wow okay great
1: So yeah those are the other four nominees for best international feature let's uh let's get into the main one that we want to talk about this week which is of course vim vendors perfect days when it gets dark we go
0: home
1: nico it's no it's no That should have been some of the trailer for perfect days. Hirayama feels content with his life as a toilet cleaner in Tokyo. Outside of his structured routine, he cherishes music on cassette tapes, reads books, and takes photos. Through unexpected encounters, he reflects on finding beauty in the world. This movie was shot in 17 days. The film is co-written and directed by Vim Vendors, and it stars Koji uh, Yakusho as Hirayama. It won two prizes at the Cannes Film Festival, including a Best Actor Award for Yakusho. And it's currently up, obviously, for an Oscar. And it's also the first Japanese entry not directed by a Japanese filmmaker to be nominated Mm. for the best international film. Abe. Yes. I know I I got you psyched for this movie, and I know you were excited for it already anyway. So I'm now curious. You've finally seen Perfect Days. What did you think of Perfect Days?
0: Uh, I think it's a good movie. Like, I, I don't know if it. Knocked my socks off, and I don't think that you were expecting it to knock my socks off kind of thing. I obviously you don't wear socks very often, so, I mean, I was... I, I, was, I it's do love a, sandals. It's
1: always a 50-50 chance. <laughs> <laughs> it,
0: it's like that Simpsons episode where uh, their hats keep blowing off, and Principal Skinner's like, we've got to get that air conditioner fixed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Perfect Days is a good movie. I think what makes it better than, than sort of the presentation that you're seeing on the screen, because... For some people, this might be a slow movie with maybe a meandering plot. Um, I think it's a fascinating look at how a person can view life in its in in both its cruelty and its beauty, um, and its mundanity. I guess that's three ways. Uh, and be okay with it, you know. And when I kind of left the theater, I was thinking about it more. That's when I think the themes really packed on harder. Um, this movie is
1: kind of like, did you see this uh, commercially or at a screening? I had a screener copy for it, and I watched, I'll i talk about when I watched it. But yes, I watched yeah. it at basically at home.
0: But did you get Vim and also uh, Koji speaking to you at the beginning? No, it's just a square okay. disc. They're they they're basically just saying, like, thanks for coming to the theater. Is kind of the Tom Cruise style, because, you know, they know it's going to be a big hit. Um, <laughs> thanks for going
1: to the theater. Make sure to turn off motion smoothing on your TV.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but they also talk about the definition, which is um, given to you at the end of the movie, I think, during the credits of um, of shadows and light and how things are very ephemeral. Um, and I was like, OK, well, I kind of wish they hadn't done that, because now I'm now I'm paying even more attention to all the stuff that he's doing uh, on the screen, the director is doing on the screen. Um, with all that being said, though, again, I, I think it's actually a really interesting co- contemplation of just being okay with yourself, but also just how the world around you is. People want different things; they kind of are looking for for um, for uh, their own wants and needs. Um, and when you boil it all down, like maybe sometimes it is meaningless. And maybe sometimes it doesn't really have a a ton of use for anybody else except for yourself in that moment, in that time in which you are living. So that's where the fascination comes in of this person who has taken this Japanese concept of shimmering light and shadows um, and then made this movie about this guy who... I don't know anything about him, but I I agree with Aaron that he's an intellectual guy and he likes to do, uh, he likes to, he knows how to have fun and he has routines and, but it's also just, um, is he just, has he given up? I don't know. Um, does he have depression? I don't know, but he certainly has a view on his life. And as he interacts with people, you can kind of see it come out more and you can kind of see how it, it, um, he's not necessarily beaten down, but he certainly has, um, I think, lessons that he wants to give out or he has uh, learnings that he's l- uh, lived with that he'd like to have people establish. But I also find it very fascinating, just I think from a filmmaking standpoint, um, plot standpoint, I should say, that everything kind of does kind of blend together at times. You know, when he does talk to certain characters, they will say the same thing or whenever he interacts with somebody, well, just eating a sandwich at a park bench, uh, the interaction is kind of the same. Nothing really happens. Uh, and again, if you're watching this and you're thinking to yourself, "Man, what's what is going on here?" It's like it's, it's very underneath the layer, uh, and that makes it. Uh, I can see why it got nominated. I can see why it's gotten the regard that it has gotten, because uh, the the performances are very good, but sort of like zone of interest. If you're thinking that oh I'm gonna come in here and it's gonna be it's gonna have like uh, some incredible Joe Hisashi type music uh, and it's gonna be uplifting and whatever else like it can be those things if you choose for it to be those things so it's it's a weird like you know take what you want out of it type of movie and that's what makes it also pretty fascinating too Um, but yeah uh, what about you I'm curious to hear your your deeper thoughts
1: I um I watched this movie on a screener disc Uh, it's it's Part of neon's deluxe screener packers they send out every mm-hmm. year which is super awesome but they so you gotta you gotta bull ramen with it. Yeah. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but um I watched it either Christmas Eve or something. I was but I was with my grandmother's so we watched it together because I brought out the disc and I saw it's was like that's PG. It's not like there's gonna be super hard content in this or anything. Yeah. So like let's just watch this. And what I liked was that, like, not only did, I'll talk about how I felt about the movie, but I, I was happy that my grandmother was in, so engaged by it. Wow, great. You know, she's a woman in her, her 80s. It's not necessarily, like, seeking out the next Japanese contemplative drama at Christmas time. <laughs> uh, but we watched it, and we were both just really intrigued by what was taking place. Yes, it's very, not mundane, but it certainly, you know, it follows a certain kind of redund, redundancy as far as the actions that, that Hirayama's taking or what have you, so it's not like mm-hmm. there's like a lot, you know, it's, there's not a ton going on necessarily. Uh, right from a, from like a, a a plot standpoint, there's things that eventually occur but whatnot. But regardless, it it gave it was enough to like sit and just kind of be like pleased by it. my. I also had my dad watch it because this is entirely his kind of film. He's such a, like a oh, malic, he's yeah. like a, such a Malik guy, so it's like yeah, a, a movie about people contemplating life while doing you know various activities. That's very much up his alley. He loved this movie. Yeah, um, I like this movie a lot. I think it's a credit to how good this movie is that I watched it, you know, over two months ago now, and it still feels pretty fresh in my mind. Oh, good. Uh, But I I think I appreciate it the same way you do as far as, at the time I was watching it, sure, I was getting what I wanted out of it. But it only, you know, later on was when, like, the ideas of what it was going for, like, resonated with me more. Mm -hmm. Um, On its surface, I think just the performance by Koji Yakusho alone, I think, is terrific. It's one of my favorite performances of the year. Like, I put that in my top five of performances I saw for 2023. Um, I think he's great here in the way that you have to underplay things while, like, showing yourself in process and, like, emoting a lot without having to say a lot. There's just a lot there that I yeah. really recognize as just being what great actors can do. Um, and the movie itself, like, I'm a big Jarmusch guy. I love Jarmouche movies. Yeah. Vim Vendors has been around longer than Jar. He's been around since the seventies. Uh, Jarmusch is eighties and onward. But like, they do have very similar things. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Jarmusch said that Vim Vendors was one of his like inspirations because they have very similar like styles as far as uh, not necessarily using a lot of score, very minimalist, showing sure. process without having a lot of dialogue. You know, and very deliberate pacing. So like, all of that said, that makes this movie very much up my alley as well. In the sure. right kind of mood. Where I'm like, let me, you know, sit down and just enjoy something because it wants to present itself to me and unfold in its own way. That's for me. So, like, watching this and seeing, and you know, I like processing. Abe. I'm like, I yeah. talking about seeing movies. I do process. So, this is a movie where it's like a guy who has a daily routine. Where I'm watching the intricate details of him like cleaning bathrooms and then like going about his day afterwards. That is so like for me when I'm like ready to like watch a movie like this, and yeah, it delivers. I think it's really. I find it very interesting as someone that hasn't been to Tokyo. I think this perspective on the city is pretty interesting to watch. Um, You know, seeing like small parks and small areas of the city and, Mm -hmm. and then like eventually seeing like some shots of him driving through and whatnot. Like it's all all that divine. Interesting. Mm -hmm. On top of that, you have this great soundtrack because he listens to all these like, old cassette tapes they so have like lou reed mm-hmm. and otis redding and nina simone and it's like yeah all right <laughs> this is great right. this is like it's such a it's a, such a comforting watch for me to like put this thing on and then when you consider the things that he's going through that he's not necessarily talking about or kind of drawn out of him by nature right. of having like a niece visit him at random or how he interacts with co-workers that he has and you get a sense of like who this guy is because yes, you're right. We we don't know anything about this guy beyond clearly something happened in his past where it left him sort of estranged, and he seems very content with what his life currently is. Mm-hmm. But he probably comes from some place of some kind of significance. It feels like like if we got that sequel or the prequel, mediocre days. Uh, I'm sure we, <laughs> we find out a lot more <laughs> that that could like. But but what I like is you can really glean a lot from sure the very small interactions he has with, with family members, the, you know, the few times that they're kind of present in this film. Right. And all that stuff is like, great. but yeah, then on top, you know, the after the fact idea of how to appreciate life or, you know, they the things you were already mentioning need to repeat. Like, I think it just, it does a really good job of like, allow you to consider so much within the little that this film is directly presenting to you. Mm-hmm. and I, I think that's uh that's quite worthwhile uh, for, a you know, for Vim Vendors, who is, I got Jesus, probably like 80, he's 78 years old. It's wow. <laughs> like and he has the actor here who he's all he's not young either. He's 68 years old. <laughs> and right. Just like knocking it out with this quiet, contemplative movie that I think is just really easy to appreciate. Yeah. I,
0: the performances are very good. Uh, everybody's very good in this movie. Yeah. Um, so Koji is the main character. But even his his younger coworker, who has to play kind of like a you know an eager twenty something year old, um, just wants to get a date. Yeah, <laughs> just wants like to go you know, well. His <laughs> his energy level is also like at a ten kind of thing. Um, plays it pretty cool, and and uh, everybody at the diner that he goes to, you know, mm-hmm. including the the woman who runs the place, you know, everybody has like their role to play, and again, it it comes off as. Pretty seamless. I, I did have questions around like, oh, I wonder what this would be like if it was directed by a Japanese person. Um, not to say that it's it's poorly directed here, but just more of, I understand the concept that you're going for with vendors, but also here it is just how it lives in every day. Um, and you kind of get this sometimes. I thought about last year's nomination with um, Drive My Car. And and then I got mad because I remember them cutting off the director uh, during his speech. Um, ah. and, uh, but essentially you kind of have moments of contemplation in that movie too. And the shots that they use in that movie are different from the shots that, that are used in this movie, uh, just from, uh, a camera placement standpoint, right? You know, some, sometimes, um, Draft my car would be in master or wide frame. And this one is very close. It's, it's very intimate and personal. Um, and the camera does move much more than maybe a traditional Japanese filmmaker might have it move, um, uh, in in a movie directed by a Japanese person, all I have to say is that it's a fascinating, uh, it's a fascinating movie on that front from a filmmaking standpoint. Mostly because, you know, we've had conversations in the past around, hey, if you uh, if you're not Japanese, like, do you even understand like Japanese culture enough to make a movie like this? And I would say that this movie doesn't really necessarily fall into that. It's just more of, I found, I, the vendors, found a very fascinating concept that I really like, and I'm old now, and I'm thinking about a lot of these things, and it's a, maybe he spends a lot of time in Japan, and he's like, I, I kind of want to make this movie, and that's probably the... the I can, uh,
1: I can add to that. Um, yeah. Apparently, this was right after the pandemic precautions kind of like went down vendors went to Tokyo, mm-hmm. uh, with the idea to observe something called the Tokyo toilet project. Okay. Um, which is like, where all these public to- toilets that I assume that Hirayama's character, the character Hiriyama's is like scrubbing up or whatever. The mm-hmm. idea was like he was going to like observe these areas and maybe make like a short film about the unique nature of these facilities. Sure. And instead he's like, I have a whole narrative idea that I'm going to wow. deal with instead. So that's the, he, you know, he, he, uh, he, he, he went from, you know, a possible concept to just making a whole feature film based. on
0: Yeah, that that does add a lot because I didn't realize it was a post-pandemic idea uh, or, you know, very early post-pandemic idea, I should say, mm-hmm. um, because that kind of that kind of keys in with some of the themes that I was that we both were mentioning or with um, not loneliness, but like like sometimes like, you know, the ephemeralness of, of life. Um, and yeah, pretty cool. So
1: yeah, just to to talk to you, you were saying yeah. you know the idea of him compared to something like Drive My Car, an excellent movie, um, Vin Vendors being you know a German filmmaker making a Japanese movie. Yeah, I I mean for, you know for one thing, and you know it's like you know he made the movie, it's his, so it's like exactly. It's, exactly yeah yeah. But the um the the notion of him being you know an outsider, uh, you know as opposed to like a natural born Japanese man, that does I think lend itself to the care the main character as far as him have being this kind of a strange figure who exists in Japanese society, but is not really referenced in any way. Like, he, yeah. you know, we see these constant interactions where he's in the bathroom and maybe somebody has to use it all of a sudden. So he just kind of like patiently waits outside Right. anything like that. I think that that speaks to, I think vendors kind of perspective here as, as well, as far as sure. being someone that's like casually observing something and work working in, a, in, a, in an area that, He's not necessarily a part of but like has a, mm-hmm. some sort of responsibility like that's yeah. there's some neat stuff i think there you can tie the two together with sure granted, he yeah. also had like a, he had a co-writer and you know i don't know all the details of like right right
0: know, like, but uh, yeah yeah not taking anything away i think it was just a pretty cool read um from uh, and again you added to the color of it which is even more cool now but um I, i'm uh un- or unanswerable question that i had and i have uh, for you There's a person that meets him at like a a bridge or river later in the movie.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: How easy, hard was it for this person to find our our guy Koji? (laughs) He gets away by bike, (laughs) goes to a convenience store, and then like plops down by like the riverbank. And then lo and behold, some guy that he just saw like a few hours earlier is there with him.
1: You know what they say about Tokyo? It's a small place. Is that what they say. Okay. Oh, yeah, they say that it's a small place. Tokyo <laughs> is <was> so huge. <laughs> like, Tokyo like so is very. Dense. It, has, yeah. it has districts. Like it's such yeah. a big area. Yeah. Um, I, you, I think that you'd enjoy it. I I love to. I, I I wish or not I wish. I I the 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 sequence you're referring to actually has one of my favorite. It was a, a one of my favorite moments of the last on uh, my list of favorite okay. moments of the last year. It has that moment where they. Uh, they they play a game at one point. Yes, yeah, that was, yeah. That was my one of my favorite things of, of last year. I think yeah. that's just a really, you know, as far as like how's this movie gonna wrap up? It's like, oh, well, how else <laughs> by doing right? nothing of the, of nothing of real imports, just being like, yeah, how about this? <laughs> like, have this yeah. little scene. Um, and the but even leading up to that, that's kind of where he kind of
0: talks a little bit more about his his uh-huh. view on life, uh-huh. um, and that's where it becomes pretty fascinating too so the the juxtaposition of them talking of him specifically talking about uh maybe life just doesn't maybe mean anything to anybody or any at any point in time and then playing like this this very uh this game here um is is a really like, they're, they're kind of like polar opposites um and that makes it even more interesting of a scene
1: for sure and that's why it was with my moments because yes you just have this like honest conversation that's existential in nature and then it follows it up by being like let's just fuck around for a little bit yeah <laughs> it's, a, it's a little fun here <laughs> like, uh so yeah no the way it you know it does that in different areas in different ways throughout the film that like you mentioned his coworker, uh the interaction he has with um the the restaurant owner to a degree like there's Mm -hmm. just there's just like stuff that in once again informs who this guy is about like directly telling us yeah a lot of things and then like just like those those moments of him by himself where he's taking a picture or or like we even talked about like the dreams that he has which are it's a routine just like the rest of the film where he goes to sleep and we see like this flickery stuff Mm -hmm. on screen and it's like neat yeah. Um, and I, I, and I never not recognize it being a dream, which is you know, I always find that impressive. At a, you know, in 100 years of cinema, the idea of how to depict dreams is like, how do you like just show a dream on screen? And this movie finds like a new way to do it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I was like, this is
0: where Vim Vendors comes in handy, it's like, yeah. he certainly <laughs> has had uh. He certainly depicts them in a way that
1: that would be de- very different from, from anybody else. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not Lynch. <laughs> like, we're, we're, it's this obscure nightmare in, like, a modern setting with weird right. stuff and music and someone dancing in the side corner. Exactly. And if you're curious what that looks like and you haven't seen any David Lynch stuff, just watch Who Shot Mr. Burns uh, part yeah, two. Yeah, just watch Who Mr. Burns part two. That's that's yeah. all you need to do in researching David Lynch. Watch a exactly. Simpsons episode. Yeah, watch the Simpsons. Yeah, <laughs>
0: They'll have a reference for everything that you ever needed to know um so yeah uh what else uh i want to ask you about yeah. um so there there's kind of like a lack of score yeah mm-hmm. but definitely a lot of soundtrack mm-hmm. and i i couldn't really place is it just that he's a cool guy that listens to cassette tapes and loves loves these like cassette tapes because or is it just that um I obviously, like some of them are more on the nose. The lyrics are more on the nose than than others. Mm-hmm. But was that sort of a tie-in that maybe I, I kind of missed some of those details?
1: He's just an ultra hipster. Okay, um, that's the deal. No, I mean I, he's just an analog guy. I think that's what it is. That's, so we had, yeah. So we and you know cassette tapes, they're not really they're not around anymore. I mean, unless you're like getting them like custom made or something like that, I would assume. So like yeah, he just has this collection of old tapes, and yes, obviously. The tracks are, I assume, chosen very specifically, and some yeah, times that's right. more obvious than others, but that's the kind of cassette tapes I think a sixty or eight-year-old man would have that doesn't like okay. specialize in you know <laughs> fancy phones and Apple watches. He I right. would he would have classic cassettes that would have these kind of groups and singers and whatnot on there. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he's a he like he like he has his camera, right? His camera is a, an film, old, camera. It's a film camera, right? right. He, you know, he's a guy that doesn't, you know, he he's not a modern individual. He has an old van that he drives around. I mean, he's, you know, he's, so that's, that's just like, I assume either whether it's stuff he grew up with or stuff he's just procured, uh, through his life. That just seems like the speed he goes as far as what he would choose to listen to and how.
0: Yeah. You definitely named a hipster and also like, uh, you know, uh, a hippie. So,
1: well, yeah, he's always like drinking, uh, chai lattes of oat milk and, (laughs) Has that haircut he gets? I don't know what to say about hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> the the, the
0: two hundred dollar haircut that's just like a trim. <laughs> Got it. Um,
1: let's see. I I did like the again because I just I haven't been to Tokyo. Little and sure. you know he's a person of small means, so like he goes to like a public shower, to do his bathing. He very common by the way, which I would assume, yeah. But but his like need to like see in action. He has his um little restaurant that he goes to he has a very he has a nice you know for a guy like oh, he has a nice place you know it's like is it two stories or he just have like the one story that's upstairs
0: uh it's two stories it's two but stories, right? it's very tiny but, but yeah very
1: yeah. tiny in the sense yeah uh so i mean I, I just like again just seeing that stuff in action i think is just really neat to me and like seeing the bathrooms honestly was neat to me like yeah it, you know it's it's the kind of thing where early on I caught on to the idea. I was like, okay, so he's a guy that cleans bathrooms, but you're gonna like see the inner beauty and the fact that he cleans bathrooms. Like, yeah, I get that, but that's no. not to dismiss it. It's just more like there is something nice about the way he's making some. You know, he's purifying something in a sense. And yeah,
0: I also viewed it as hey, he takes his job seriously. Yeah, and he, he respects the position. Yeah, and that's something that um, again, just his point of view on his life and. And how that goes, like, no, this is a job. I I have a, a duty, and I've chosen to accept this duty. And so when his his kind of teammate kind of fucks around sometimes, it's like he kind of just like, hey man, like I guess you could fuck around, but I'm kind of annoyed that you're not taking this as seriously as I am, kind of like And it's not a it doesn't come from a, a superior moral superiority standpoint. I think it's just really just more that um they he there to do likes job. what he's doing.
1: Yeah. yeah and I don't want to like delve too far and give things away, but like the way it's addressed by a certain character later on, as far Mm -hmm. as talking to him about it. And he has a non response as far as like, yeah, that's what I do. I just like that. The build to a moment like that, I think, really works because you sure. get that you're, you're 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 entirely on here on the side. <laughs> Like side. You're just yeah, like, yeah, yeah guy, totally. he respects his job. He does his thing. That's that's his thing. Yeah. How dare, I mean, how dare you
0: look down upon him? <laughs> <laughs> but that's a very societal thing, too. <laughs> uh, for them, for as, sure. For sure. Yeah. like, you remember remember that uh, movie Departures from the Japanese film Departures from like at least like 10, 15 years ago. I know. What yes yeah, but it's like the the guy who loses his job as a corporate world then he becomes like a mortician. Uh, and he's his wife looks down upon him, you know. Uh, so i I totally get it until she realizes that he does incredible the things in the, the, barters, movie. By the way. yeah, yeah uh, that movie just balled my eyes out watching mm-hmm. that movie. um, in any case, uh, yeah,, uh, there certainly is that that sense of it. but I the scene also plays out in a way that I also was not expecting because of the information that you get uh, from the dialogue though. Sure. So that, that yeah. was nice though. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, uh, it's a good movie. Uh, you go, go check it out. Uh, especially if you're older.
1: I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's playing in wider release now. It's, right. You know, it's only going to be in so many theaters, but it's still available out there if you want to see it in theaters. And I yeah. certainly, I think we both saying, yeah, go see it. If, if you can't see it in theaters.
0: Yeah. Uh, I have a question for you, which is uh, not a spoiler, but um
1: are you leaning one way
0: for any particular movie in the stack you don't have to tell me because we're going to we're going to do something later in the month
1: it what i will say is this is a very good category <laughs> like, okay. this is okay. a, this is there there's a lot that now uh, granted i did say one of these films would be in my top 10 if i had seen it earlier so that'd be like yeah. but like similar to like the best actor category i am not against any of these winning like okay. i think just by nature of what's nominated there's going to be a very clear who's going to win type of factor to this. Sure. But any of these films, I, all of these films are great to me. I think all of these films like really do the job of what they, what they're after they accomplish. And then some, so like, and that, which is, you know, I, cause I wasn't that way. of zone of interest for a long time. Like I, it, it, it's the kind of thing where yes, we can have our takes on films. And yes, sometimes they just register with few better zone of interest is one where I'm very glad that I had like the two months I took to really like think about that movie more. Okay. And appreciate more of what it's doing beyond just the aesthetics and technical nature of it, because I do think yeah. it, it it plays in my mind. It feels a lot better to me now than it did in like November when I first saw it. Yeah, I hear you, and I think that's kind of. I, I haven't seen it more than once,
0: but uh, as it yeah, keeps I, saw, I saw it coming again
1: up with that time too. Yes.
0: Yeah, as it keeps coming up in in all the talk uh, with the Oscars uh, coming up. And also just given time to think about it, too. Yeah, it it certainly is um, a movie that I have. I have not I haven't thought about like every day, but uh, it grows in what I originally watched because I think there was a lot of people that it was a packed theater. A lot of people were very excited to see it. And I'm pretty sure that I could feel like the air go out after like the middle of the movie. <laughs> they all got their like... sort of
1: interest popcorn buckets before they're ready to go. In the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It comes with like a free uh, P, Walter P. Gun from Germany.
0: <laughs> but uh, no, like you could kind of feel like the air go out because people are like, what What am I watching? You know, uh, because it just re- constantly repeats, repeats, repeats. And then it also has interstitials of uh, Jonathan's uh, Glaze, Jonathan Glazer's, like, you know, how he wants to make movies interesting um, and artistic. And so, yeah. I, I'm sure that that there has been interest, interest uh, uh about this movie as it's uh, as it has um proceeded running up to the the Oscars.
1: Well, I hope you get to check out the other uh, nominees that you haven't seen as of yet because I yes, think they're worthwhile yeah. to check out for sure. And um uh, with all that, I think that's going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's going to do it for this week's uh episode About Now There and Abe. Uh, you can find all of my work in my personal blog, the code of Everything I do ends up over there. I write for Weave Entertainment and Why So Blue uh, for movie and Blu reviews. And I am on socials at Aaron's PS4. Abe?
0: You can find more of my Instagram, ab.mua, and twitter.com slash lower smooth. Hashtag boss coffee. <laughs> Not a sponsor.
1: Uh, every episode of the show you can find over at iTunes, Audible, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, and HHWLOD. Feel free to email us at
0: nonpodcastgmail.com or check out our Facebook, Facebook.com slash Podcast, or our Twitter, twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast.
1: And our Instagram.com slash outnow underscore podcast as well. And of course, reviews and ratings on iTunes and Spotify. That'd be great to help out the show. Um, next week, we return to Arrakis for Ooh. Dune, colon part two. Should be exciting. I thought and uh, I yeah, that's uh, going to do it here. So thank you listeners for listening. Uh, until next time, so long. And goodbye. Oh,
0: it's such a perfect day. I'm glad I spent it with you. Oh, such a perfect day. You just keep me hanging on. You just keep...